Well, hello, church. Today, we finish up our series called Rescued. Over the past several weeks, we have been looking at things that Jesus Christ has rescued us from. It's been an amazing series. We've used Colossians 1, 13, and 14 as our launching point verses every single week. That says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. What an incredible reminder of what God through his son Jesus Christ has done for every one of us. Today, as we finish up the series, as promised, we are going to look at some rescued stories from some people right here at Central Church. These stories are absolutely amazing to think about and to know about what God is doing in the lives of people here. How he's working in people and through people is absolutely phenomenal. And so I'm excited to have this service today. I'm excited to be able to share these together as a church family. Um, I hope you enjoy them. I guess, I, you know, I was raised in the church. I had, I had good parents. You know, my mom was really religious. She always made sure we went to church, and she had a lot of faith in God. So she taught me to have faith, you know, and I had that faith when I was younger, but she passed away when I was 14, and I kind of went down a different path. You know, I started using alcohol on a regular basis, and then I started experimenting with my friends, you know, using drugs. And I was just lost, you know. I was angry at God for taking my mom. And so I went down that path of using. And eventually, my using led me to criminal activity, you know, which, which caused me to get a felony when I was 18 years old. And by the time I was 19, I was sitting in prison on my first felony, which was a possession of cocaine with intent to deliver. And uh, so I spent a little time in there and I got out and I got married, you know, and, and was sober for a while and had a job, but the marriage failed. It didn't go very well. And next thing you know, I was back to using again. And I couldn't quite seem to get it right. You know, I'd always turn my life over, over to Christ you know, when I was in trouble or when I was locked up and, you know, I would always seem to fall on my face. I'd always had this preconceived notion from when I was little because I'd always hear these stories about people that had turned their life over to Christ and they were just, their stories were like they were automatically, you know, life was great, you know, never had any problems after that. So every time that I would, would fall on my face or struggle, you know, I thought, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not real, you know, maybe it's, it, you know, I had a lot of questions. I struggled throughout these years, you know, and I just didn't know what to do, man. I eventually became an uh, IV user of methamphetamine, which, which led me down a whole bad path, you know. I was in pretty rough shape. And I met her, you know, in the midst of that, and we both, we both got off on a bad track, you know, and I ended up in, in prison again. And we had a DHS case and she had to get clean, otherwise she was gonna lose her daughter and I had to go to prison. And so we kind of split up for a while. And when I got out, I tried to stay clean, but I couldn't do it and we weren't together, but we ended up getting back together. And I was struggling, she was trying to stay clean in the midst of my struggles. And we just, we couldn't seem to get it right together at all. And 
I don't know what happened, you know. We, uh, we came down here, well, here's what happened. My sister and my brother-in-law and my family have been super great, you know what I mean? Like they've reached out, they've uh, always offered a hand and tried to try to get me, get me straight. And they got me down here and we started going to church and we were just shopping around churches, you know, we went to one here in Jefferson and didn't quite like it. We tried it for a while. We tried one in Boone and then she suggested Central Church and and we went to Central Church and we, I think we knew we were home like the first day we walked in there, you know, just when Ryan was preaching and just something clicked, you know, and, you know, we gave our life to Christ and, you know, I, I'm not under the preconceived notion anymore that there's not going to be hardships and there's not going to be struggles, you know, but we both knew we needed rescued from everything that we were doing, you know. I just couldn't live life no more. I walked around so ashamed and so guilty and, and feeling not loved and not worthy and not anything. And, you know, I know, I know Christ loves me because if it weren't for Him surrounding me with people in my life, that have prayed for me and always reached out a hand to to guide me back into you know his arms really and every day it's still a struggle you know but whenever i fall on my face i get up and i go to church and i just pray about it how long have i been clean um i just fell on my face recently it was about a year and then i fell on my face recently you know and, and instead of Staying stuck in that guilt and shame, you know, I got right back up and I got right to church and, and you know, continued on. Um, well, I know for me, I had a really rough childhood. I was bounced around in my family, bounced around in different homes and everything. Um, and I got sent away a couple times when I was younger. And I mean, I just, I had a bad path even after that, after I went to go live with my mom and ended up getting pregnant with my daughter when I was 16 and I had her and my mom kicked me out and so I was out on my own for a while and <clears throat> I wasn't into the drugs or anything yet but I was really struggling with depression, depression and just on the wrong path from everything from my past and not dealing with any of it um, and then you know I split up with her dad and I was just kind of all over the place still just bounced around towns and everything um, and then I got into another relationship and it just, you know, that's kind of where the drug use for me started. Um, I had spent most of my life feeling like, you know, drugs were more important to my parents and to other family members than I was because I felt like, you know, they were always choosing the drugs over me and then I felt like that in the relationship that I was in also. And so I started, that's when I started using and um, after I got out of that relationship, um, a little while later, that's when we met and we were just hanging out as friends for a while, but we were kind of going through a lot of the same stuff. I don't know, I think that's just kind of how we connected. <clears throat> and, but at the same time, that's when my drug use just spiraled out of control. Um, I really went downhill, started using IV as well. Um, and then, what, probably a, a year? Not even a year. No. It was probably roughly seven, eight months after us being together and we were using and everything, um, DHS got involved. And they tried to work with us at first, but 
and I mean, neither one of us was really compliant and couldn't stay clean. Um, I don't think I realized the severity of the situation and that I was, you know, I was so stuck in the drugs, I was so lost in the drugs that it didn't even really register to me that, hey, you're gonna lose your kid. And so I did, I ended up leaving the, the Y one day and DHS came and took her. And <clears throat> I mean, it was just, it was a downhill spiral after that. And it just got to a point where we realized, you know, we've got to get out of the situation for the sake of both of our sobriety and the relationship. And so we ended up coming down here and we've been down here since, um, got into church and coming to Central Church. And I think that was probably one of the best steps that we took, you know, with him getting into the men's group, me getting into the women's group and just trying to actively get involved in the church, um, I think has really been our biggest I guess blessing right now. I, I call it, I call Jesus the hound of heaven, you know, because he, <laughs> he's been pursuing me for so long now that, you know, he's the hound of heaven. Like when, when he wants you, he's going to get you, you know, and thank, thank God for that because, you know, finally, finally he's opened my eyes to a whole different, different life, you know, and now that we're down here doing the right thing, and, you know, doing our best to walk with God, I mean, all kinds of doors are opening, you know? Oh, a lot of blessings. Yeah, we're going from homeless drug addicts to building a house, a new home. That's only God, you know? That's only God, because I didn't think I was ever gonna amount to nothing. <laughs> That's what I thought my whole life. Um, so when I was 12, um, that is when um, Jesus found me and he came into my life. I had known him intellectually up until that point, um, but I hadn't accepted him as my savior. And uh, because I hadn't done that, um, I was constantly fearful of what would happen if I ever died. I really wasn't sure I was good enough to get into heaven. And um, that thought terrified me. And when I was 12, um, I realized that I was lost and I realized that the only way that I was ever going to, to know what would happen to me um, on the other side of eternity was to accept Christ as my savior and to give my life to him. So that's what I did. And I felt instant relief as far as that fear. I never once again have worried about um, not seeing his face when I get to heaven. So it was an amazing and you know awe-inspiring feeling and I 
I think we all think that, or hope anyways, that when we make that, that um, life change and when Christ comes into our life, that it'll be like that forever. We'll always feel that great and um, you will never have problems again and life will just be you know, perfect from that point on. Um, but that's not the case because we we're promised that there will be uh, trials and tribulations. Um, and so uh, shortly after that, uh, my parents ended up splitting up. And my dad left. Um, he was still around a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um, there were six of us kids at home. I had four younger sisters and an older brother. And my mom did not take it well. So she fell into a deep depression that lasted the better part of a year. Um, and during that time, she could hardly get out of bed. So me and my siblings were taking care of each other, taking care of the house, taking care of her. Um, and really just kind of struggling to get through life. And when I was 14, she started doing a little better. Um, and I kind of felt like I was to the point now where, okay, I could, I could kind of um, rely on her a little bit more and, and not have to take care of my family as much. Uh, I started dating a boy my freshman year and um, between 15 and 16, I stayed at a friend's house up until she graduated. I just wanted to get out of the house. I didn't want to be mom. I didn't want to be dad. I just wanted to be me and I just wanted to, to get away from all those thoughts and all those feelings. And so when my friend graduated and she went off to college, I ended up moving in with my boyfriend. So I was living with him at the age of 16 in town. My parents lived on a farm. Um, and I kept coming up with all these excuses as to why I needed to be living with him. Um, I didn't have a vehicle. I needed to be able to be in town so I could walk to school. And I had a job afterwards and I had college classes. and all these reasons that I knew weren't really valid. Um, they sounded valid, they sounded good, but in reality I was just trying to escape and I was ashamed of that. And so when things started to kind of go sideways with my ex, um, I didn't think I could go home. I felt like I just needed to stay where I was, stay with him because I couldn't go home. I, I didn't have the right to go back after I abandoned my family. And that shame just, just pinned me down and it kept me in a really bad place, in a place I shouldn't have been. And um, yeah, so things just continued to get worse. Um, again, you know, you're young, you're emotionally immature, you know, first relationship and uh, it just it wasn't good for either one of us there was a lot of emotional abuse um, he wasn't saved and so I kept coming up with you know well he doesn't he doesn't know God's love he doesn't know Christ's love so he doesn't know how to love me so it's not his fault it's not his fault that you know that he's treating me this way I just need to be more understanding and, and I need to try harder and um, and yeah so I just stayed a lot longer than I should have and when I was 20 um, I found out he was cheating on me. I was broke. I was getting evicted out of our apartment. Um, my relationship was in the toilet. Um, and it was just a really, really low point in my life um, to the point where I didn't really care if I lived or died. When one night I was just fed up, I was broken, um, depressed, angry, and I just cried out to him. And I said, okay, God, I'm done trying to be in control. 
I'm done trying to do things my way. Um, I don't want to do this anymore. You can just do whatever you want. Just take the reins and go because I'm, I'm done. I'm tired. I give up. And really for the first time actually gave control of my life over to Christ. And uh, I felt a little bit of instant relief, but within the next 12 months, I was able to end that relationship. I got a new job, moved to Carroll, um, got a new apartment, started going back to school, and uh, started dating my now husband, Keith. So Jesus did a lot of things immediately for me that I could not have imagined, and I couldn't have been more grateful for. Uh, and the emotional side of things has taken longer, but he's also rescued me in those areas as well. He has rescued me from bitterness and anger and depression. Um, and because of his love and his forgiveness and the fact that he could forgive me and could let me come home, um, I was able to learn how to love and forgive others forgive my parents, forgive my um, ex, and forgive myself for leaving my family and just let go of all that shame that I had felt for so many years. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's not easy. It's still not easy sometimes. And um, he's had to rescue me again and again. And, um, you know, but the thing about our God is that he's not a one and done. He will save us. He will always come through for us. And we just have to let him. And um, I'm just so thankful for the things that God has given me, my family, my kids, my husband. And I couldn't have asked for anything more. And that's my rescue story. There's no distance that cannot be covered over and over. You're not defenseless. I'll be your shelter. I'll be your honor. I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS, your My name is Eric Hahn. Um, I needed to be rescued from pornography and being unfaithful to my wife. The pornography started at a very young age. Um, started with the Playboy magazines. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why I got into it. I know that uh, just with my family history of being um, unfaithful to and just in the family, um, and just never having that connection with my parents. So I felt maybe this was like an outreach for me. I'm not exactly sure, but, um, so it started at a young age and then it just kept on growing. And then when the internet came around, um, then I started watching, you know, pornography on the internet. Um, and that led into um, messaging other women on, on, you know, dating sites and that. And, and then that, you know, kept on going. Um, and then it led into um, just texting women inappropriately that I worked with. Um, and um, I just kept on going on and on with that. Um, and then wind up 
costing one of my jobs. I lost my job because of inappropriate text. Um, and I just, I realized I needed help. Um, so uh, I started counseling and uh, I did that for two or three months and just figured, okay, you know, I can do it by myself. Um, and then I just um, did that for a couple months and then um, got right back into it. Um, started doing the pornography, started chatting with women again, um, texting women. Um, then, um, you know, so then my wife caught me. Um, so then she said that, you know, I need to go to counseling. Um, so I'd go to counseling again for a couple months and then I'd be right back in the same routine. Um, I just kept on going on and on for, for years. Um, and, uh, then last year was a, a pretty rough year. Um, I got into, uh, uh, chatting with women and texting women. Um, I uh, was texting a woman that I worked with uh, and uh, I just kept on telling myself my, my marriage wasn't good. I wasn't happy in my marriage. Um, so I just uh, came home and told Vicki that I, I wanted a divorce and uh, that uh, I wasn't happy and that uh, I just and she was trying to fight for our marriage, and I just I said nope, you know it, it's got to be better than than what I'm going through now. Um, and so you know I was looking for a place to stay. She was fi filing divorce papers, um, and then on November 29th of 2020, I uh, woke up that morning and, and realized that. Um, I had to go to church. I don't, know, I don't know, just something that told me that I need to go to church that morning. So I woke up and I went to church, um, seen John and Ryan, the, the first two people that uh, that I seen. And uh, just the look on their face was like, wow, he's here, you know. Um, I'm not sure if they knew what was going on or not, but um, just to see their faces and uh, just to even say hi to me still and just made me feel welcome still was, was awesome. Um, I just remember sitting in and listening to the sermon and just crying the whole time like I needed to change like something in me needed to change and that I can't throw my marriage away for for nothing um, so uh, I came home that day and uh, I asked Vicki if there's any way that we could work things out and uh, so we talked a long time and for days and that and and she gave me the automative to uh, get help and, and stick with it and stay with it and um, so I started uh, going to counseling in Des Moines um, I did that for a couple months by myself and then uh, Vicki started coming with me and, and uh, just uh, even though it was like I was getting picked on or whatever like but they were hitting the points where I knew that I needed to start being open and honest so just being honest with my wife, um, it, it's helped out a lot. Um, and, and just on on the way, I had um, Gary was always there trying to help me out, and I just I just kept on pushing him away. And uh, and then uh, um, after I told him I was getting help and wanted to work things out, he was he was still by my side, and that's that's awesome that uh, that uh, a guy like that uh, could stand by somebody like me. So that's uh, made me feel really good. So then, you know, um, our marriage uh, since then has, has been a lot better. Um, we find time for each other. Um, I've 
been doing a Freedom Fight men's group in Des Moines on Monday nights. Um, it's really helped me out. It's really um, taught me that I needed to have Jesus in my life and, and that uh, you, you just can't do this all alone. It, it's tough trying to do it by yourself and then have a group of guys that I meet with and is going through the same thing that I'm going through. It's uh, it's a great it's great to know that. Um, it's great to have uh, a guy like Gary that I can come to when I'm struggling and uh, he just helps me out so much. So it's, I appreciate that. Um, and I just uh, I just I couldn't have done it without uh, Jesus. I couldn't have done it without Central Church, without Gary, and especially without my wife and kids. Uh, to stand by me um, through all my uh, struggles. It's been awesome that they uh, will stand by me and still believe in me. Hello friends, my name is Autumn. I'm 23 years old and I am grateful to share my testimony with you guys and what the Lord's done in my life. Um, he's been very faithful. Uh, started when I was younger, we'd go to church on holidays and just uh, kind of do what the norm was, you know, socially and whenever I never felt like we were all in for Christ. Um, I didn't know what that meant at the time. And at the age of eight, I was baptized. Um, I didn't know how to love Jesus, but I knew he loved me. And I did take you know, classes before I was baptized to make sure that I understood everything with the baptism. Um, ultimately, looking back, I, could, I can't recall any of the knowledge from the Bible referring to why I was getting baptized besides I knew it was the thing to do. Um, after leaving that church and um, moving to further my parents' careers, um, going through and out of school, not having many friends, um, when I came to Carroll as a freshman, um, I had a desire to have friends. I had a desire to be wanted and through that um, I wasn't accepted in the high school and the friends that I made were either students that had dropped out or they were ones in, um, that weren't in school, they were older, which led to um, engaging in substances and it started with alcohol and then it became pills and ultimately went to other drugs. Um, Ultimately, because I wanted to be accepted, I wanted people to like me, and um, not knowing that that was going to truly have a huge hindrance in my life. Um, age of 15, I was in my first raid. I was in a house with a few people, just having a night. I had snuck out, and that was my normal thing. I snuck out every night. Um, 
to get high, to engage in um, just bad behavior. Uh, many things I can recall that just were by the skin of my teeth. I don't know how I wasn't in like a detention center or any of that sorts. I did end up going on probation. I had an ankle monitor um, and just calling it close with everything, calling it close with my life, calling it close with my family. Um, eventually, I decided that I was going to fight this fight on my own, leaving home, uh, getting into relationships that were uh, ended up being very abusive, not knowing how to get out, feeling stuck, um, overdosing. It's just, it's been a long journey. And um, October of 2020 is when I decided that I was just done with being sick. Um, I had been on medications since I was 15, dealing with my mentality and what I thought of myself, you know, being suicidal, um, not sure what my purpose was in life, not sure where I was going to go, and just numbing everything that I could, going to different psychiatrists, figuring out what was going to ultimately numb me the most, and um, being on, you know, psychological meds. Uh, it was, it was hard, uh, never finding what I needed, that, that, that void in my heart, never having that full, just trying to fill it with whatever I could. Um, I lost my job in October of 2020, trying to uh, figure out what I was gonna do. I decided to look into a recovery program and that brought me to Rockford, Illinois at a place called Reformers Unanimous and it was a ladies school of discipleship. And when I called up all these places all over the United States, the RU, the Reformers Unanimous, was the first place to recite a verse to me. Um, and that really just had a huge impact on me. I was like, okay, that's where I need to go. That's where the Lord was leading me. So with that, I went to Rockford not having not having anyone there, not have, knowing anything, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And um, I didn't see my mom for three months on my first visit and kind of just worked my way and eventually I graduated eight months later um, I was there for almost 11 months is what it amounts to I felt leading to come home and while I was in the program I they taught us biblical truths biblical tools we attended church Wednesday Friday and Sunday twice and we we had chapel five times a week um, we did devotionals every morning it was totally engaged in the Bible and God's Word and that's where I have victory is in Jesus he is the only reason I'm sitting here today giving this testimony um, without his word without memorizing and holding it in my heart and it being my only offense mechanism towards the enemy I I have would have nothing the Bible is my tool it it holds me accountable. It pierces and divides the asunder of the thoughts and intents of my heart. I, I don't know what I would, where I would be without going to that program, without the Lord's leading in my life to truly just plunge myself in His Word. Um, I had to come to the end of myself to fully be filled with Him, and that's where I'm at today. And I'm so very grateful.
that he's given me a new life in him, that I'm a new creature in Christ. And I pray that I may glorify him when I get to heaven, that he may say, well done and good, thou faithful servant. guys and gals hope you guys are having a good day and the, all the information you're getting out of these videos of people being saved is hopefully going to help you in your journey and walk with the Lord yeah I'm telling my story today and in kind of the same hopes that you'll get a little tidbit of information from me on what maybe not to do and my kind of story being rescued it's it's over many, many years of me being rescued and coming to the Lord. You know, it kind of started out kind of back when my father died. You know, I, I still was, was pretty self-centered and looking out for myself and uh, just kind of being uh, not the best husband and human being and father I could have been. And then when my father passed away, that, that kind of was a catalyst that set me on the road down and down a road that nobody should go. I started having an affair and it lasted for many years. You know, I was good at hiding it. I was good at lying. I was good at doing whatever I needed to do to satisfy myself, to get what I needed. Didn't matter who I was hurting. My conscience really was not even there anymore. You know, as the years went on, as this went on for many years, it started to put a strain on my marriage. I, you know, don't want to say I started to get careless, but I evidently did. You know, the affair got found out. Things went from bad to worse. She moved out. She ended up getting her own house. We separated. We probably didn't talk for, I don't know, a year or so, maybe, maybe longer. And then uh, we finally started talking again a little bit. And she, you know, she'd been going to Central for a while because she was obviously hurting herself and she was trying to find some help for herself. As we got to talking more, she asked me if I wanted to go. You know, she asked me four or five times before I finally accepted her offer. Because I was kind of at that point too to where I knew I needed something if in order to fix my marriage, I needed something more than what I could do myself. And we knew we both couldn't do it ourselves. So I ended up going one Sunday. And it was that moment 
after the sermon was over, I turned to her and asked her, I said, did you know this is what the pastor was going to talk about? And she was like, no, I had no idea. And it, it was that moment it was, I, I, okay, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to do. And we just started to keep going to church. And, our, and then we started getting along better. Our marriage started improving. We went to a uh, marriage class there the church provided. And things just started getting better. You know, we still were separated for a couple years, but working on the marriage. And, uh, you know, then we decided, both of us, to get baptized. But for me, that day that I got baptized was probably the turning point to where in my life he was telling me this is what you need to do and this is going to help you the most. So I got baptized, we both did, and, and from there is when he really took a hold of my life. And it, it was just a uh, it was just a defining moment for me, and I, and I remember when I got baptized, and, and the pastor was with me in in the in the pool. He said, "There is nothing God can't do," and you're, he was right. There is nothing that God can't do for you. And from there, it ju it just got better in my life. Jesus started working more in me, taking a hold of me and guiding me to make me the better person that I am, to just keep pushing me in my faith and in my love of Him, and becoming more of a better steward of what God has given me, and just a better man in general that everybody needs to be. You know, from there it's just been the one thing after another he pushes me to is, I, you know, I do the Wednesday night live thing on Facebook with Gary, and that's been something I would have never dreamed that I was ever going to do. You know, I would have never dreamed that I would be comfortable telling you guys my story because it's something that I felt ashamed, and it's just something that most people don't want to tell. But I'm hoping that this story that I'm telling will give you some information of maybe what not to do and that following Jesus Christ and making him your Lord and Savior is the best thing in your life that you can do. Because if he can save somebody like me who was having an affair, just being a jerk, lion, self-centered person and keep turning me into a better man, he can do the same thing for you no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. Because I know that he can save you also. So that's my story. Weren't those stories absolutely incredible? It's amazing what God does in and through his people, is it not? If today, if you're looking for a rescue, I would invite you to stop running, to just Cry out to Jesus and let him be your rescue story as well.